Welcome back, everybody, to the In Squash podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Gibson, and this is episode 273, uh, with definitely, uh, at least in my opinion, one of the most exciting and dynamic players on the tour today, uh, Yusuf Ibrahim. Uh, he's made his way back from, ser- from a serious knee injury. Uh, that he's been dealing with for some time. He was a number. He got all the way up to number eleven in the world, and I think even at that time he was uh, having to deal with with the with the knee. And then uh, he had to uh, take some time away from the tour uh, to deal with that. He's fallen to around thirty-ish uh, in the rankings right now, but he's had some some good results since he's been back. And we talk uh, about the road back, uh, his current form. Uh, also at the World uh, Championships, uh, he lost out to Mohamed El Shabagi there, but what an incredible uh, match that was. He was back in full uh, full flight, full use of Ibrahim flight, and we talk about that match and uh, his incredible track record against the Beast uh, prior to that one. Uh, we also uh, speak about the top spin back- backhand uh, winner that went viral, and also his recent trip to Dubai where he did a clinic at Farah Momin's uh, Squash Academy here, the sister of Tarek Momin, and uh, a lot of fun. It looked like he had a, a, a really good time there, uh, judging by the Instagram posts uh, from Farah and uh, Yusuf himself. So, uh, Also, there's so much more on the pod. You're going to really enjoy uh, this one with uh, Yusuf Ibrahim. Great catching up with him. Uh, but before we get into it, let's talk about Open Squash. Uh, Open Squash, the New York-based nonprofit dedicated to bringing thousands of new people to in, into the sport by making it more accessible and more affordable for everyone. They've brought on board several like-minded PSA pros like current World Open champions or world champion, British Open champion, and number three in the world, Ali Farag, currently former world number one. Victor Quint, who's made some great inroads over uh, this season and playing tremendous squash. Gina Kennedy back playing uh, amazing squash after a little bit of a blip with an injury there earlier in the season. And Nathan Lake and so many more uh, top pros, great pros uh, on board with Open Squash. Now, Open Squash has several tremendous clinics taking place this summer. If you're in and around the New York area or uh, you might just want to take the trip because they've got a great lineup of coaches teaching there throughout the summer. Uh, The first one uh, basically needs no introduction. Uh, June 17th to June 20th is the Mike Way Camp. And uh, Way has been coaching uh, the world's top players for for much more than 20 years. Uh, He was in Canada previous to that in in England but moved his way to Canada and uh, uh, obviously he coached Jonathan Power former world number one along with Graham Riding, Amanda Sobey, uh, current uh, world number one, Ali Farag. He coached Sobey and Farag uh, while he's been at Harvard. Uh, in addition, under his leadership, Harvard has won uh, 23 team and individual championships in the last nine seasons, and that number is going to continue to climb, I'm sure, uh, while Mike is there. Now, Mike's attention to detail and understanding of the finer points of the game are legendary, as are his generosity and dedication not just to squash but to his players well-being and personal development so check this out on the open squash website at www.opensquash.com 
Dot org and also you can check out the other great clinics with uh, some great name co- big name coaches uh, putting those on this summer with open squash now let's get to it Yusuf Ibrahim catching up with him episode 273 doesn't get much better than this sorry um uh, my bad I didn't get down to see you when you were in Dubai that that's totally unacceptable isn't it no, it's totally fine. I mean, I get you're busy, definitely. And I was also really busy with I couldn't really do anything outside of just uh, being in camp and training. Uh, I just got lucky one day to spend some day in the Mall of Dubai, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Dubai's in a uh, – there's so much going on there, but uh, it really did look like um, you were having a great time at that camp. I mean, I saw the the, the Instagram stuff that Farah was posting and yourself. We'll get into that a, a little bit later, but uh, – First and foremost, it's great to see you. Great to have you back on tour uh, playing. I mean, the last World Championships, obviously, you would have liked to have uh, won that match against Mohammed. But that's the kind of uh, that's the type of squash that we expect uh, to see when you're on court. It was absolutely it was I guess the word would be scintillating. It it was amazing. Um, How does it feel now to be back? uh, I'm assuming fairly close to, you know, where you want to be. Yeah, I mean, definitely last tournament is uh, definitely is like uh, I haven't felt that I was, I mean, I mean, since I came back, I actually had really tough draws, um, but also like I wasn't really playing uh, pain free. Like I had to, you know, get through some uh, uncomfortable movements and niggles and stuff. So it was it was always on my mind, you know, uh, how how long does a match should a match like would I be able to play a match without pain and so, but like, I mean, I actually recently, I mean, since I came back, I was playing not bad at all. I just lost to really good players who, um, you know, uh, were in a good form as well. But uh, it was, it was like mental probably because I haven't played competitively in a while. And then I, my knee got a lot worse for, you know, a couple of, of months and, um, and I couldn't really play at the level that I wanted to play at. So I wasn't, it was my first tournament that I actually delved a little bit deep. Uh, and it kind of like reminded me, you know, last year when I was like playing, you know, first, second rounds and then win and do recovery. So it was like kind of like a new kind of tournament for me. It's like the first actual tournament that I, you know, played and felt that I'm in the tournament mood um, mm. to play and win and then win again and then play again. So it was, it was really nice. I mean, it was also the first time that I actually played without any pain at all. So I was really confident in my movement and to do like those extreme movements in the front, especially on this glass court, which was pretty dead. Um, yeah. So it was uh, it was definitely like a confidence boosting in, t- in terms of knee pain and stuff. So uh, I think definitely like uh, to play Muhammad this season, uh, which is, you know, he's having a great season so far. And he's definitely like... Uh, I knew it was going to be really hard. I had to dig deep mentally because I couldn't uh, play the game plan that I wanted to play consistently. I mean, I knew how to win, but it was like I didn't, I couldn't do it consistently. And it was just like, um, you know, super smart to just end it in three. But it was definitely like a tournament that I needed to keep my momentum going and um, confident in my body. Yeah, well, it was, it was great to watch. I mean, even though... I mean, every game was close and every game was exciting. And uh, that's the, the the stuff that you bring uh, to the table. And that's what brought you to number 11 in the world. I think just before the uh, the injury uh, took you away from the, I guess it would have been like a year ago, uh, almost exactly, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. 
so let, let's, uh, you know, before we get into uh, it here, let, let's talk a little bit, if you don't mind, just about the injury itself, uh, Yusuf. Um, I mean, you were battling the knee injury and it surfaced at, at some point, I would imagine, in 2022 or perhaps even earlier than that. And maybe you were playing through the pain. But uh, what was the uh, the nature of your injury and uh, how long had you been dealing with it leading up to Alguna uh, last year? Yeah, so actually the injury has happened in the back of 2020, actually. So it was like three years ago, but then I was, uh, it wasn't as bad. It was like the beginning of the, of the pain. And it was like, um, I could tolerate that pain for four games, four tough games. So when I was playing alley, like in practice or something, like in the fifth game, it, you know, would give up on me, would do something weird. Uh, I thought it w- wouldn't be something as big because, you know, um, I just couldn't feel it when I'm walking or when I'm running. I just only feel it when I play squash, and it was very intense. Uh, I was misdiagnosed for the first, you know, year, year and a half, but nobody knew what was going on. Everybody thought it was like a, just a minor meniscus tear, and it was. I actually did have a minor meniscus tear, but like you know, probably ninety percent of the you know athletes, professional athletes, do have a minor meniscus tear, so it wasn't uh, a big deal. But then I. Um, when I, when I lost here because, uh, so I started, you know, because I didn't know what it is. Um, you know, doctors told me to, you know, take painkillers in order to play. And then, um, just, you know, which is probably not the wisest decision <laughs> to, to yeah. do professional. And then last year, yeah, I, I, think- I took, uh, I take some painkillers, uh, these days, uh, occasionally I got a little hip issue and I, I find, I, I guess it depends on the painkiller, but sometimes it, doesn't help. I mean, it helps the pain, but it it affects negatively in other ways. Yeah, definitely. And also, I mean, the painkillers that I was taking are pretty severe, so they're really strong in order to, uh, you know, make the pain go away. Because I wasn't taking any pills, painkillers. It was like injection painkillers, which are you know way more effective. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was like, uh, and I took um, a cortisone injection back when I was in college to be able to get through the college season. I also didn't want to like you know. Uh, I was going to play the uh, last season in college, regardless of what my injury was, because it was my last season. I wanted to, I also, I was also captain, so I was going to do anything to play. So I took that cortisone injection, which helped me like probably two or three weeks. And then, uh, I actually played Chicago and because it was unexpected to go to make it all the way to the final, um, normally I would play like to the round of 16 to the quarters and then. Uh, lose and get out but like when I made it to the final I had to take like a painkiller before every match so it was really bad and this painkiller that I'm taking you have to take it just at most uh, once or twice a year so it was like really oh, bad I took it every day for for a whole week and then I had also college individuals like two days out or one day after I finished uh, Chicago so I also took some and then uh, the pain went from a certain level to a completely different level after this i couldn't really just walk up or go down the stairs i couldn't do anything i couldn't train so it was uh the general term for the injury is called patella femoral pain syndrome uh which is basically is the like, same injury that ali had it is but like ali uh it's different in like the mri scan because i have like a lot of other things uh on top of this uh so i have um so ali has like a a normal cartilage uh so uh, normally like um a cartilage starts the fissure the cushion between the the thigh bone and the shin bone and ali has that 
pretty uh, solid, whereas uh, me and Abelgar do have like a massive fissure in the cartilage. Um, and I do have like a like kind of like a hole uh, in the cartilage, which is every time I do make an activity, my uh, uh, my bones, you know, uh, interact or touch. So that's where the pain comes from. And because I've done it for, you know, years, then my bone actually swelled up so bad. And it's like, uh, uh, it's like a good whole bone marrow, which is like a bone edema uh, kind of a thing. Uh, so yeah, so that, that's the, but I do have it in both knees and that's the main problem. And that's why I couldn't uh, consider an option of doing a surgery because if I had done it on one leg, what's about the other knee? Because I couldn't, you know, do surgery in both knees. Your friend. Oh, that's my What's cat. your friend's name? <laughs> uh, she's called Minnie, actually. <laughs> Minnie, yeah, I think we talked about your cats the last time you you were on uh, the podcast. Yeah, how do you have two or three or? I actually used to have nine, but then we gave them all away. Uh, okay. Because she, yeah, she gave birth to nine cats, and then okay. we gave them all away. So she's we only have one now. <laughs> I might, uh, yeah, I usually don't post these on uh, on YouTube, but uh, I think this uh, this will give me the uh, the initiative to to go to YouTube. I, I, hi, Minnie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Occasionally, my dog uh, appears on on the podcast. Uh, uh, Luna. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she she's fairly well behaved as well. But yeah, um, yeah. So the so so the the severity of of your your knee injury is quite you know extensive, obviously. So you you know we didn't see you for a while, and yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it was it was really hard to take it because I was feeling that I was like squash wise, you know, mental wise. I feel like I was you know I belonged to. Uh, top 10 and I was like almost like uh, just one step away and it was I was really excited for the season obviously because I also like wasn't playing all the tournaments I could play like five to six tournaments at most for the last what uh, you know four years since I was since I got in college yeah. so it was like I, I just was really happy to finish and then be you know full time but that didn't happen I had to wait for four or five more months and uh, but it is what it is I mean I'm, I'm definitely uh I definitely like uh, made some good progress, and now I can, you know, almost feel that I, you know, just my body is back to normal again. So you don't. Uh, so you opted not to do the surgery. Uh, is that right? Yeah. Well, the surgery, like in my case, I was definitely told not to by all the foreign um, doctors and orthopedic surgeons that I went to. All the all the doctors in Egypt told me to to do surgery. <laughs> okay. Which, uh, so I'm glad I didn't take that option. I mean, for two cases, one is that I'm actually really young to do this kind of surgery and this surgery is going to uh, kind of like change the dynamics and everything in your knee and you're going to be prone to 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 that injury again if, you, if if something goes bad in the rehab because the rehab in this, in this kind of uh, surgery is really, really, really specific and you have to do it with someone who's has the knowledge of, of this rehab, which probably we don't have in Egypt. So I had to like be away as well, which Avogar did in London. So I went to his uh, physio and in London, I got the rehab program, but also the second case that I didn't do is because I have it in both knees. Uh, so if I had done it in one knee, uh, what about the other knee? I had to like do rehab, but I wouldn't be able to do rehab if I couldn't walk on the other leg. So it was going to be like very confusing um, yeah. because I had it in both knees. I see. Okay. Well, uh, it must have been a bit, uh, I guess, knowing all that uh, and during the, the time away uh, during rehab, 
and given the fact that you were, I mean, basically when this all came down, you were at 11 in the world. So uh, was that a bit of a struggle for you, uh, I guess, mentally? I mean, you always, we always hear about, you know, how mentally uh, draining and mentally difficult that period away from the game is, especially when you were, I mean, you were playing some amazing squash just up until that point, right? And then you, know, you yeah. were at 11 in the world. So how how uh, sort of mentally, was, was it a challenge for you? Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, I didn't want to accept it in the beginning. I mean, when I got the MRI, I was like, oh, it's too bad. But then everybody's telling me to do surgery. I'm going to get a second opinion. Um, so I was like, um, I didn't, I mean, I based my, whether I'm going to play the season on actually, you know, I gave the MRI to orthopedic surgeons in, in London and the US. Um, and I asked them whether I can play the season and nobody said yes. <laughs> so <laughs> I actually talked to my, I mean, I had to also, my coaches had to talk me through it as well because I didn't want to accept to actually not play. I mean, the first tournament was probably Z Open which was actually uh, the promoter of it is my coach, Omar Abdelaziz, and I was number one seed, right. so I told him we were going to play. And then we had Qatar after, so I was like really looking forward, but then I didn't do any preparation for it because I couldn't, you know, I, I wasn't training at all. So what's the what's the point of playing if, I, if I'm not training? And then um, I told him like, okay, so I'm going to just get a second opinion from, you know, those surgeons, those doctors mm -hmm. and, and see if they if they give me like a thumbs up, then I'm gonna play. If not, then I'll just have to like listen to them. And eventually, I did listen to them. I thought it was the it was the the best decision. And I went to London for for months to get my program, and I followed that program for the following four months. And it was yeah, that's that's what I <laughs> made made the decision that I'm not playing. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, smart decision. And uh, now you're back. Uh... Hopefully, uh, feeling uh, much better. Your your comeback sort of took place, uh, you know, it, uh, a lot like uh, Mohammed Ab uh, Abu Elgar and Ali. They they both sort of, with their comebacks as well, they were relatively slow to get going. Um, so, what were what were your expectations when you came back in? Uh, I guess it was January, right? When you when you first uh, yeah. So and um, did things go according to what you thought how they would go? Yeah, well, actually, um, my knee was doing really well. I mean, I kind of based my uh, my pain from scale out of 10. And as long as it's from 3 to 4 out of 10, I can play and push. Mm -hmm. So it was that. It was, it was uh, my pain was like at that level when I was in Egypt. And then when I traveled to uh, to the U.S., it became 7 or 8 again for the first couple of years. So I was really worried. I thought, oh, I'm not going to play the TOC. Uh, and up to the TUC, I actually didn't do much squash. You know, my coaches didn't want me to go as well. They said, like, 100%, you have to go. But then when I felt that I can play, so I only trained squash for basically three weeks, and I only played actual matches for, you know, one week or something. Mm -hmm. So I kind of, like, rushed it. Uh, but then I was obviously doing the rehab program for four months, so I was, like, physically fit in terms of fitness. Yeah. Um, uh, so I was, like, you know, looking forward to play it. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't have, I don't know. I actually didn't have any expectations for that term. I just said, like I told, I told them, I just want to be, I just want to know where I am in terms of my level. I mean, I haven't played for a while. Um, so I just want to know where I am. And then when I played, it was Solomon. It was a really tough first round to yeah. get back. to. Oh, Solomon's solid. Eh? He's, he's, 
Um, he's got, he's so, got a very well-rounded game and he's all business, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, so it was it was definitely a tough second round. We both had a bye and then uh, we played like a 90-minute match. I actually was really surprised about uh, how I, you know, my, my knee kind of like uh, held up. And uh, it was it was a really tough match. I think it was just like uh, um, I mean I had a chance to win every game, obviously, and then I just made crucial errors and, and crucial moments. And it was uh, it was just like uh, probably because of the lack of match play. But yeah. that I had every, you know every chance to win the match. But then the next day, because it was a 19 minute match, my knee was like couldn't recover. Oh. So I was happy that I didn't win because it was. I was talking to my physios, like, you know, obviously my body's not used to that kind of intense. Uh, it's, it's a different intense. I mean, I'm doing intense workouts, but this is like a different intense kind of match play. And uh, and my knee was really, you know, not going well the next day. So tournament by tournament, it would start to get better. You know, I could play, you know, back-to-back matches. Uh, I was training back-to-back practice matches. So I had to take it literally from like, because like it's almost like a one percent improvement in in your knee, so it's a really slow process every day. Um, and yeah, I mean, when I started, I was playing only two minutes of squash, and I couldn't do more, so I had to take oh, it from oh, yeah. really, really low down. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, that I mean, uh, obviously, you made some inroads. Then uh, I think you played. I mean, obviously, the, your best squash on tour uh, this year at the World Championships. And strangely, uh, that, that statistic, uh, a lot, of, I mean, I knew, I, I knew of it, but uh, I think a lot of people didn't realize that you'd never lost to uh, Mohamed El Sherbagi on the PSA tour. I'm sure probably you've played him before and lost to him. I, I don't know, maybe, maybe you haven't. But uh, the fact that you, uh, you know, you hadn't lost to Mohamed, does that even, does that surprise you even? That's got, got to be surprising to you uh. <laughs> uh i mean to be fair i mean the first time we played i uh yeah i was playing really well he was playing well as well but then um probably the conditions you know played in qatar it served me more uh kind of watched him a lot oh, more. yeah I, I watched him a lot more than he watched me so i was like I knew his tactics what he's going to do and then i won that match it was a really good match and then the next match to be honest he wasn't at, at his best so i can't say i really you know, did beat him at his best. So it was yeah, like, I mean, Mohammed, Mohammed, uh, when, even when he's not at his best, uh, as we all know. Yeah. <laughs> he, he finds yeah, ways, that's, right? <laughs> that's fair. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that match, uh, um, he wasn't at his, his best. I played well as well, uh, but I didn't expect him, you know, I expected him to play a lot better. And then, yeah, that was my second one. And actually, the third match that we played, uh, that was the match that I was looking forward to the most because he just came back. It was a really good match. Uh, he had every chance to win. Um, I didn't think I was going to win that match because he was, you know, I think every game was really close. Uh, we played like a five-gamer and I was two love down. I was a match ball down as well. So, uh, But I was playing well. I was feeling confident. Uh, I was training well. You know, I had a, it was a good mental state. So... I just I don't feel like when I'm at that kind of like mental state I I feel like I can beat anyone so it doesn't really matter who I'm playing against um so yeah I just uh, you know give it all and then I pushed it to fifth and then I had the physical edge to end it on, on, on the fifth but uh it doesn't really surprise me you know I, I I don't feel like I'm 
there's no one that I can't beat on my day. I feel like I can beat anyone as long as I'm just feel like I'm in the right zone and the right mental state. So yeah, yeah. that's what I, I mean, that's what I'm, I'm a, I'm a big fan of yours actually. Uh, I mean, that's what I tell a lot of people. I say there's, I mean, when you're playing your best squash, I, I don't think there's anyone you, you can't beat and you've, I think you've beaten most uh, most guys out there. So, uh, where is your game now, though? By the way, in terms of uh, you know, what do you think compared to when you were playing your best back when you were ranked uh, number eleven in the world? How would you compare now to then? Um, I think I think I'm close. Uh, I don't think I'm there yet, but I think definitely the last tournament gave me a lot of confidence in my movement uh i mean it's it's uh it's really i think it's really kind of mentally relieving to be able to feel that i don't have to really think about what kind of movement i need to do on course when i'm playing because like uh, your brain is so smart that you try to like avoid the movement that you're you know feel like it's gonna hurt you uh so I kind of, sometimes i'm really slow going to the back i'm really slow going to the front and then like at this level like kind of like you know, the millisecond makes a lot of difference. If you're that late on the ball, it's just like you, you're kind of like more predictable. Mm. So uh, last tournament, I felt that I really didn't have to think about it at all. Even the warm up, I feel like I actually can move really freely. So um, that's what I felt a lot last year when I took those painkillers. I felt like, I'm, you know, I'm really happy with my movement that can do anything. So um, in terms of squash, I, I don't think... I don't think I'm there yet. Uh, I think I'm really close. Um, but also, like, I don't know because some days I feel um, like I'm like that also kind of like my knee pain reflects on my squash because when I feel like I'm pain free, I feel oh, I'm mentally ready. So I play my best squash. I don't have to worry about anything else. Uh, so last tournament has made me feel that I'm, I'm close and uh, it, it's sad that it's the end of the season because I feel like now I'm starting to get, to get into it. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, I feel like I'm, I'm definitely close and there's no point of me going to any, to any tournament, not knowing that I can, you know, go deep into the tournament and, and win it if possibly. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see it as an impossible thing to do even, even now. Yeah, I mean that's what I noticed in, in the champs again, especially against uh, Sherbaggy There, I mean your move, you it didn't look like you were were worried about your movement, like your your explosive the movements yeah. to the front corners. I mean, you're there are only a couple guys like you out there. It's uh, it's got to be such a like playing you or playing a, like a guy like I saw who gets you know he's just like crazy going into the front corners and getting balls like like you. Uh, I mean, it's got to be. I wouldn't say disheartening, but just so surprising sometimes at the balls that you're able to get. And that's got to be such an asset for you as, as a, as a player. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the way I've been training since a really young age. It's like, uh, so that kind of like get an explosive movement to the front, especially is like something that I've done for a really long time. It doesn't come like in, in one day. So I, I felt like this is the, this is the way I've been moving and the way I've been training also. Like my body is, is kind of like uh, used to this, you know, powerful burst to the front. And I think Asali, as you mentioned, is also kind of like the same way. So, yeah, it's uh, not many not many of us who move that way, but it, it, it definitely takes its toll on the body. I'll, I'll tell you that. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. If I did that once, I'd have to retire completely, I think. so. <laughs> but uh uh yeah, fantastic. It's so great to have you back on tour. Let's talk a little bit, though. Uh, 
about about the the tour right now just the top of the game i mean the guys that you're gunning for to you know once the so when we get back to it next season hopefully you'll be fully healthy uh, by then ali uh, frag has he's emerged as the informed player right now over the past month he's won uh, three events in a row uh including uh, the british and the world's the two most prestigious now you've probably played him a few times talk about ali's game because uh, like you uh he plays the game sort of unlike a lot of the sort of tradi- the, the players who play the traditional game. Like his, his game is very unique um, uh, in a way. So talk about, you know, how great it is to have him back playing this level of squash and how sort of difficult it is to to play against a guy like, like him, how difficult he is to break down because not many, uh, he's just a skinny guy, but he, he, you know, not many people break him down. <laughs> Yeah, um, I feel I feel Ali doesn't really get enough credit of how smart he is on court. People give a lot of credit for the short baggies, um, uh, about how you know streetwise and smart they are. Uh, but Ali is like a really like an, he's he's probably I think he's the one that's he's the most aware player on 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 tour that knows what's going on in court. Uh, he knows when you're tired. You know, he knows what's even when he's tired. He knows when to push through uh people don't give him credit for his skills as well and and you know in some really tough rallies he brings out an outrageous shot so it's um it's like i feel he doesn't really get enough credit he gets credit for his obviously like his movements which i still think it's his uh biggest strength i don't think he has like a, a specific kind of area where you can say he's the best because there's always someone who's better uh, for example, like in the front, you know, left corner, there's always Gawa who's better, you know, on the backhand lines, I, I feel Tarek or Baggy, they play kind of like better solid uh, basic game than him. But I think his game is like the all-round game that he has with his movement, with, with everything. Um, that's what makes him like kind of like really hard to play against because there's not only one area, uh, there's not one area that's super strong, but he has every other area is like equally as strong. And it's kind of like the whole package that you get is what's really um, damaging. Uh, it's great to have him back on tour definitely after that injury. It's a, it's a very serious injury, I tell you that. But he came he came back, um, you know, really strong and and um, and yeah. I mean, I saw him when he was also injured, and we always talk about you know how we're feeling because you know I mean I'll tell you that he's not also pain free completely uh, to this point. He's still playing with some pain, so that's also really um you know inspiring and it's it's all credit to him but uh but yeah i mean ali's uh is is, is the most informed and i feel like on his day he was the could be the toughest one to play against yeah i picked him in the world i uh well before the event a couple of weeks i picked him to win it so uh i was pretty uh pre- pretty confident with the way he was playing that he he could pull that off and in the main the main reason as you said He's such a cerebral player. Like he's so smart out there and reads the game so well. And, uh, you know, he just seems to know where the next shot is going to go more often than not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now just, uh, another guy, obviously you mentioned his name, uh, and he's back from injury, different injury, Kareem Abdul Gawad. Uh, and obviously you, you know him well, played him a few times and he's back and, uh, a lot like Ali, a lot like you, a uh, great guy to watch play. Uh, have you played him much uh, over the years? And uh, uh, this is kind of a stupid question, but uh, how do you rate his game? <laughs> um, well, Gawada is by far the the player that I like to 
watch the most on tour. Uh, there's no, <laughs> there's no debate about it. Uh, but I, uh, I mean, he had also like a extremely serious injury, one in a million kind of injury. So uh, I think his rehab was kind of like a 50, 50, if it's not going to work, he was going to retire. So to come back from it uh, for 10 months, that shows, you know, how strong he is uh, as a character, you know, uh, he's really hungry as well now. And he's playing some amazing squash. I, I actually played him once before we were both like, kind of like, uh, injured but not injured kind of situation we played in manchester so um i did beat him in three uh, i don't think he was at his best uh neither i don't think what I, that i was at my best either so it wasn't the best matches between of us we played a really good first game and then i think he got really tired so then i won in three but um yeah but you know i always love to play against players who are very skilled i mean i don't have issue with those kind of players i actually really think it makes up for a good match uh, I think it's, um, I would rather play with a skilled person than a person who just hits the ball into the back, which is, I mean, I don't find it either, you know, very, uh, hard for me to play against someone like this, but I prefer to be moving and, you know, uh, kind of like, uh, makes up for a good watch as well. So I, I love to play against Gawad, uh, even in practice, we have really good matches. So, so uh, yeah, you practice with Kareem a little bit, do you? We do. You guys, you guys are both coached by, uh, Abdul yeah, yeah. Days, right? Omar. Did, yeah, by Omar, yeah. But we train in different areas, but we kind of like play once once a week. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Amazing. Do you go for pizza after as well? Uh, I, I would say he owes me sushi <laughs> because we played on sushi and then he won the first two times and then I beat him the last, what, three times or two times. So he definitely owes me one now. Uh, okay. <laughs> so if he's watching this. He knows that he owes me sushi. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. That's good stuff. Good sushi there in Cairo. In uh, Cairo, is that where you're? So we do have decent sushi places here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah There's some really good ones. Yeah, awesome. Um, now, I just wanted to get your feedback because uh, I, I don't want you to speak to the incident uh, per se, but you know, obviously, the incident where the with the mezzanine and Essol, without getting deeply into it, just wanted to ask you this: um, uh, with slow motion replay, and you probably saw it where it showed that Assal grabbed his, his hand going through. How common or frequent is that kind of stuff, like, which we don't see, uh, the naked eye wouldn't see, or even like a like the slow-mo that they have on tour that they use for video reviews. They, they couldn't even pick it up the first time. How sort of common would you say that kind of thing is? Like, do you, do you have to deal with that sometimes on court, or, or was that sort of just something that, you know, normally you wouldn't have to deal with. No, I don't think it's normal. I don't think we have to worry about it because it's something that I have never seen before or it's never been done to me, at least before. I think like, I got played with Marwan once a time and he was probably pulling my shirt, you know, low-key kind I of thing. I think he's playing football, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you, know, you don't want you to get to the ball. That's that's the main idea. But <laughs> uh but no i have i have i have not seen it you know i didn't have to worry about <laughs> playing someone who does this but uh yeah when you see it in camera uh, it's uh it's pretty obvious that you know and, and you know in squash when you play the slightest kind of movement can, can can pull you off so um it's kind of like if you bump someone and you go to lead to the ball you don't get it um but like yeah to to hold somebody's racket it's definitely you know i mean i mean i do i do I do see why the refs wouldn't see it because normally on on real time you wouldn't see it. But I think they have to listen to the players. A lot of a lot of uh, a lot of refs kind of like uh, are pretty uh, 
uh, kind of like dictators, <laughs> to be honest, mm -hmm. or like they want to show that yeah. they're taking control of the match. That's which what I don't surprised me. Like Mezin, uh, he went crazy after that happened, right? Yeah, well, I think... Crazy. And I can understand. If, if he had held, you know, he uh, saw held his uh, arm, uh, you'd go crazy, yeah. right? So why wouldn't the referees look at it more carefully? Yeah, I mean, I don't get why the referees like to take so much kind of like dominancy and, and kind of like that i don't see it in any other sports happening i always feel like refs need to be more lenient and, and more mm. flexible and listen to the players uh i don't i'm not saying to be too lenient or like listen to too much discuss discussions but uh you gotta always listen to the players especially like you know those are the players that played the sport at a really high level which none of these referees played at, at this high level so i mean you have to listen to their point um and yeah i mean i'm not saying they should see it the first time because probably we wouldn't have either but they should you know kind of like listen to what he's saying especially at this stage of the tournament and at this stage of the match you know it's an important tournament and it's a more important match and we'll see how you know rough decisions affect matches and matches like these needs to be carefully looked at you know yeah yeah in that situation it was unfortunate you know without going into it too deeply obviously Mason probably would have won the match had that been seen at that point because I, I think it was 10 all or 11 10 or something in the fifth when it occurred yeah. but uh yeah well uh yusuf uh, you've been tremendous with your time now as i i think we uh, we even talked about uh you know i was going to take you out for a round of golf but you'd never uh you'd never played golf uh <laughs> you've or maybe you've played once so yeah i, I didn't want to uh, uh, golf is not it can be frustrating so I, I just thought no, I, I, probably better not to, uh, but uh, anyways, Farah, well, actually, no, sorry, go yeah, ahead. I played a golf simulator. I played a golf simulator once and that was about it, but uh, I was in Princeton recently and uh, Neil, like kind of like my assistant coach, who's my godfather, who's like the person that I like the most on this space. He is, he plays golf a lot and he was like, what do you do in your free time? And I was like, no, I'm not, you know, since I graduated, I'm not really doing much work, you know, and it feels weird because I feel like I have a lot of free time and I, I'm not using it for good. So I need to do something, you know, and he's to do probably study something, you learn new things. And he said, well, well, didn't you pick up golf? And I was like, you know, I'm pretty horrible. I tried to golf simulator. I was not good. And he was like, no, you'll pick it up really quickly and just, you know, start, start learning it. So next year we can play. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll start then. <laughs> okay. All right. Are you are you gonna start? Or are you gonna start playing a bit more? I'll after Luna definitely the off season. I'll I will start. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Keep it up. Uh, it's a lot. It's a challenge, uh, but it's a lot of fun when once you get in into it. And someone who's uh, trained for a sport the way you have probably won't uh, take you long to pick up uh, the fundamentals. But Farah Moman as uh, a squash academy. You just did a camp. Uh, there uh, last week and like I said earlier uh, the footage and the the videos and all the juniors there that were there and you it looked like uh, you guys were having a, a tremendous time there and it looked like you were really uh, in your element uh, there so talk about uh, the experience you had at her academy uh, last week yeah it was it was definitely fun you know it was, it was a lot of fun I mean uh, kids I, uh, I mean not only kids but I think the whole kind of like group was was so much fun to be around uh it was a lot of work though like i had to be five <laughs> or six hours straight in the court so yeah, yeah. Uh, uh but they were they were they were into it and 
yeah, I mean, uh, I'm really happy that they, they did like the campfire. He's doing a really good job of, you know, kind of promoting and developing squash in, the, in Dubai, which is, I think, is really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that that area of the world in the Middle East as well. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of, I mean, I mean, I didn't, I didn't expect to have a lot of players in the camp, you know, in the first place, but then they're all so fun to, to play and they all listen to what I'm saying. So they take it, you know, very seriously. On the, on the other hand, we, we do have a lot of fun times as well. We play fun games. So I uh, did a lot of fun activities. Um, I did have a presentation as well. They all listened to it. So it was, right. it was yeah, so it was. It was really fun. Their parents came. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I didn't expect any less from Farah because she's also a great person. Mm. So, I didn't Farah is, uh, is she, what, what relation is she to Tara? Is she, uh, uh, she's her, yeah, her sister. Is, is, okay. Sister. Yeah, yeah. Sister. yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. It's Dyer's sister. And she's been living there for a while now, I think, with her husband. Right on. And also, uh, Kenzie, between her and uh, Kenzie, Kenzie's also here. They both run their separate academies. Uh, they're kind of breeding some new uh, new life back into junior uh, squash in, in Dubai. There's a, I mean, I've been here for a long time, and there's a, a fairly sizable squash community amongst expats like me. But uh, we just play, and there's not much organization. So I think between the two of them, they're building a junior program, and and stretching it across the country with, and it's really great to see uh, the work that they're putting in. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It's to see them. Yeah. Doing start something like this and hopefully it gets bigger. Yeah. Uh, I was planning to, to attend cause I wanted you to, to give me the, the, the thing on how, how to hit that backhand top spin. That I is actually... the shot, the shot of the year. And uh, <laughs> I, I do, I, I can hit a top spin, but, in that situation, uh, uh, sort of that—that's a go-to shot for you, typically. Well, that's—I uh, actually did get asked a lot in this camp to teach them. Did how you? To okay, stuff. yeah, a lot. <laughs> uh, and the crazy thing is that I actually don't even know how I'm playing that shot. I was, like, I—I—I I, I mean, I do—I do solo a lot. I, I solo like three to four times a week. Mm. And when I'm soloing, I try different techniques, you know, different shots. And actually, this solo for like how long would uh... probably like an hour, hour and a half uh, depends. Like sometimes I just get lost into the music and stay, you know, more than an hour and a half as well. So uh, but I do love solo uh, and. Yeah, I mean, this shot, I just tried it the first time. I think I was in solo and then I, I tried it and then it was. It didn't feel like it was weird technique at all. I felt like I'm playing this as a normal drop shot. And then I tried <laughs> it again and I probably hit it 10 times in a row where I actually put, hit the perfect net. So I felt like I was really feeling it. And then when I was playing the match, I did it a couple of times and every time it went in. And now I can feel that I'm actually hitting that shot way better than I'm playing a normal shot. And I'm not just saying this to, to, to feel like, oh, this is amazing. But I actually, I do feel the top spin shot that I'm playing on either the forehand or the backhand. I, f- I feel like I play it much better than a straight drop from the front. So it's wow. not something for me that is, you know, kind of like risky. I just actually really confident of that shot that is going to go every time I play it, it goes in. <laughs> so it comes, from, yeah, it comes from solo, it came from solo. So I don't know how to teach it because I didn't like kind of like, you know, learn the technique of it, but it's just, yeah. It's a it feeling, just, yeah. Well, yeah. it just speaks to the importance of solo practice, doesn't it? I mean, I, uh, I, I used to do solo a lot and I think at that Went back then. I was hitting my length much tighter. I was 
more creative, moving better, felt better. Uh, you know, how important is solo in your your routine as a top player? One of the best. I, I mean, it's really important for me. I feel like I, I do love it. You know, some people say they wouldn't love it, but they have to do it. I don't feel like I have to do it. I feel like I just love it. Uh, uh, when I'm by myself on court, definitely the the drives, the cross courts. I don't have to set a time as well on how many drives should I hit. To just you know, it's just the flow. I do a lot of different things. Um, so I, I feel like it's it's important for me. Um, I feel like I. I always feel like I'm, yeah, definitely creative when I'm playing solo. I try things that, you know, um, see if it's going to work, if it's not going to work. I do change my technique quite a lot. I don't, as you can say, I don't have like a kind of like a, you know, you would say a taught technique from a, from a coach. It's I played with that technique for, um, I played with it, not like played with it, but I actually played with it, kind of like changed it over the years and, and see like, what's working what's not working and that also came from solo it's uh, uh i had a coach who taught me the right technique when i was young and then as, as i got older i kind of like improvised my own technique uh so it came from solo as well um i like to try different things new things and you know uh, right on. See if, yeah yeah i'm gonna get back into solo practice i'm gonna perfect the backhand topspin uh i'll let you know how it goes me when you do it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll, I'll get it I'll, I'll post it on insta it'll go viral like yours did uh, uh -huh. okay <laughs> but uh, yusuf uh really great catching up with you and uh again uh it's really fantastic to see you back playing uh at that level again and i know with the summer break maybe you know like you said earlier it's maybe a bit late this season but maybe good timing because it'll give you time to really uh work on your your game over the summer and you can hit the ground running at the beginning of the next season Thanks so yeah. much today, man. Thanks, Gary, for having me. Thanks a lot. Great stuff with Yusuf there. And, uh, you know, I think it's time to hit the courts for uh, a bit more solo practice after that explanation behind uh, where that uh, top spin, spin backhand came from. Uh, I've hit a few top spins over the years, uh, forehand and backhand, but nothing quite like that. I mean, uh, oh, my gosh, he just put that one away with ease, and uh, he explained it pretty well how that all came about. So uh, all the best to Yusuf. Uh, is definitely... Uh, that that match against the the beast at the world championships was awesome that was him back in full flight i think he still had maybe has some fitness issues uh could be still dealing with strength issues in the knee and the leg but uh man we've uh he's almost back to full flight and that is great for the tour so many of those guys now back uh obviously kareem abdul gawad uh mohammed abu elgar is back uh ferris Dasuki, hopefully uh, he's feeling a bit better uh, on the men's side and the the women's of course uh, Gina was injured there the, a few the, uh, obviously uh, Norel Taya playing some tremendous squash and having just one uh, there in Manchester and Ali winning that as well the congratulations to the both of them uh, happy couple and happy uh, little girl uh, Farida who was uh, the princess was there uh, giving uh, some tips in between games to both uh, both of them so uh, great stuff there from the Farag family and uh, so yes we've got Alguna coming up as the season comes to a close and also the big announcement uh, Mark Walter uh, PSA in terms of uh, the sponsorship and the funding uh, prize money uh, going forward that's going to be really exciting so I hope uh 
to be able to take a dig, uh, sort of a deep dive uh, in into how that all came about and what it all means. I think Alex alluded to it. Was uh, sort of out there for the past couple of months that something like this was in the pipeline, and I think a lot of people uh, put two and two together and figured that uh, that Mr. Walter, who's always been so generous uh, to squash over the years, especially with the World Open in Chicago, uh, there and especially in Chicago. Um, so uh, hopefully uh, we'll be able to take a, a deeper dive on this topic on an upcoming episode. We'll see what we can put together in terms of that. We've also got, uh, with the season coming to an end, the guys from Squash Analytics uh, coming on. Uh, they've been on once before, I think, when uh, when the, the Squash Analy- Analytics sort of was just taking off, and it really has taken off, and they've got a lot of great stuff to talk about there, especially with the season. Uh, now coming to a close lots of uh, numbers and uh, stats to look at uh, in terms of that so uh, looking forward to having those guys on and a few more surprises hopefully as well uh, in the coming weeks anyways everybody all the best with your squash and uh, stay tuned uh, to the podcast please give it uh, a like share it with your friends comment i've been getting some uh, great comments uh, of late and some great feedback of late and really uh, really appreciate it when I when I get that from you so many thanks for that Uh, have fun out there on court and uh, we'll be talking to you very soon Uh, I think the next episode will will be with the boys from uh, squash analytics and then we've got a few more surprises in the hopper going forward looking forward to uh, some great pods upcoming all the best everyone goodbye now